if we do beat him, and all these worlds become restored and disconnected, what's going to happen to this place? And to us? So, uh, a few nights ago, I was blessed with a vision. Like, uh, like some sort of, uh, ancient Greece future seer. I dreamt of what I can only imagine to be what a Kingdom Hearts re-colon make will look like. <laughs> and it was glorious. It was glorious! Had those sweet, sweet, I guess, PS5 graphics, and... That's kind of all I remember, really. <laughs> I saw it in my dreams, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I'm trying to remember any other details. The only thing I remember was it took place in Wonderland, but Wonderland was kind of different. Mm -hmm. It was, like, kind of in the Lotus Forest, but it was much more open, so you could kind of see mm -hmm. that, ooh, it's, like, totally, like, rebuilt from the ground up, which was exciting, because that's what I would want in a Kingdom Hearts remake. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. But then, <laughs> I entered this weird, like, inception state of, like, layers of dreaming, where uh, eventually I realized, okay, this is a dream. But then, uh, part of me was still like, well, okay, well, that was a dream. But it still could be a thing, so, like, I was bracing myself to wake up to the announcement of a Kingdom Hearts remake. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, like, kind of like walking on eggshells, like, not trying to jinx it. Like, okay, if I if I wake up too fast or in the wrong way, like, this... I'm going to change the fabric of reality, so I have to be careful. <laughs> mm -hmm. what, what set me off was, I guess I was also dreaming that, at the same time, a new Pokemon game was announced. I think that was also a remake... Which is confusing, because we just got the Diamond and oh. Pearl remakes announced, so... Two dreams! Yeah, it's two dreams in one. So that kind of tipped me off, like, oh, okay, this this is too good to be true. This, Where's where's Ashton Kutcher? Am I being punked right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I woke up and, yeah, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> it was all a dream! Pretty much, but it was exciting. Inter very interesting. I wonder what that would. I see. You, as soon as you, you you said that, I'm trying to like envision in my mind, and I get like kind of a clear picture, and then my mind's like, nope, you're going too far into the matrix. We have to stop. Mm -hmm. Can't deny. It. Well, when obviously, when did Melody of Memory come out? <laughs> When's our Xehanort Saga remake? Square. Yeah, Melody of Memory just came out last year. But yeah, I. I'm not opposed to a Kingdom Hearts remake. It's, the the topics come up a few times in my various online browsings in the KH community, and most people are like, "We don't need it. Like that would be a waste of time." And like, yeah, we definitely don't need it. But also, give us I'm not gonna say no to it if it did happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I mean, yeah, we definitely don't need it because you can play everything on. Well, everything now, except for Switch, I guess. But, like, maybe... So, like, next year's 20th anniversary, maybe, like, 25th anniversary? Because 
FF7 came out, the original, that was 97, correct? On PlayStation yes. 1? So, yeah, the remake came out... Uh, welcome to Math Corner. <laughs> uh, the remake come out, yeah, 23 years later. So, I, I think like 25, like maybe that's that's when we enter the threshold of, all right, maybe a remake is due, but I'm just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying it could be cool. Let's give it a chance, everyone. <laughs> I think as long as it's not the only project Square is working exactly, on, yeah. I think it's acceptable. So I was thinking just now, like, people would be like, you're wasting resources, mm-hmm. you'll be back in another game. Um. So, yeah, that's, those are my half hopes and dreams. But um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the real. Let's talk about the now. Let's talk about what's in front of us and appreciate what we can play. And that is Kingdom Hearts 1, End of the World, baby. Welcome, everybody, to Kingdom Hearts by Hearts. I'm your your host, Kevin, joined by my co-host, my, my co-pilot in the gummy ship, Marshall. And today, we are going to talk about, as I just mentioned, End of the World. So we are, we're we're closing in, folks. I mean it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Says that. But (laughs) before we get to the main show, as you know, we like to take a quick stop in the the game corner to chat about other things we've been playing. So why 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 don't we do that? Why don't we do that right now? So... What have you been playing this week besides Kingdom Hearts? And I assume you're still breeding your Pokemon, so... That, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically been it. I've been trying to wrap up uh, my Pokemon stuff, which is... I think I am... I think maybe I'm breeding one more thing. But most, at this point, it's get everything to 100 or like, you know... I wouldn't even say that. Some things need to get a bottle capped. Some things need to get... Wait, you're... One or two egg moves. You're grinding them to 100? Yeah. What? <laughs> EXP candy, baby! But, like, wait, why do you even need to? Because when you battle, can't you just set your Pokemon to 100 or level 50? Like, Well, to to use a bottle cap on them, they have to be max level. Oh, so they have to be level God. <laughs> that's, that's the caveat of the bottle cap. Why are you yeah, doing this to yourself? To <laughs> <laughs> I, did a lo- I did, like, a lot of uh, max raid battles. You get a lot of candy. So Yes, I do remember having... A pretty good stock of candies when I was playing through Shield. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have like an infinite amount at this point, but I have like a pretty good sized amount. So getting something to a hundred okay. is more of me being cheap and how cheap I don't want to be. But it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility. Right. I do appreciate all of the quality of life changes they made in Gen Eight. Oh, totally. So yeah. Bo- bottle caps are last gen. The EXP candies are very, very good. And I probably don't see them sticking around. They'll probably just be a sword and shield thing. But I yeah. do appreciate not having to like physically grind because that's the that was the caveat of every other game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Any anything else you've been playing besides Pokemon? However, not briefly, really. But I, it's been a busy week on my end. So mm-hmm. Pokemon has been my one break. I will I will briefly dabble into a game that's probably much closer to release by the time this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. A little game I've been keeping my eye on called Biomutant. Oh yes, I'm also getting very excited for that. I think we mentioned it last episode, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm like weirdly interested in it. So what are what are your thoughts? Yes. 
So yesterday, I was talking to a friend. He sent me a gameplay, like someone who went hands off with the game, so went to the studio, mm -hmm. but didn't like actually get to play the game like themselves, but got to observe. Mm -hmm. And the game, it looks fun. So the the main appeal is that you get to play uh, a little woodland creature who's just a total badass. Yep. That's that's the, that's the main appeal to me. <laughs> Pretty much. But basically, the world is full of, like, mutated animals. And you play as a mutated animal. Yep. But it's also an action RPG set in, like, a very big and very beautiful-looking open world. Mm -hmm, mm hmm Yeah, it was announced in 2017, and I thought it would come out, like, mm -hmm. not too long. Like, maybe in 2018. But I, I guess it was delayed or whatever. But you can, you can see that the extra time has definitely paid off with just how much bigger in scope it is now than like when I first saw it, where it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But now it's like, oh, hmm, now you have my attention. So yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm into it. And it, <laughs> it comes out the day after my birthday. So <gasps> I'm like, perfect birthday present. Yeah. No, I, it's kind of like, kind of make me feel like, cause it's coming out like at the end of May. It kind of feels like that perfect, like beginning of summer break game. So like really sink your teeth into, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think, yeah. I think Red Dead Redemption, the first one, came out, like, right around when school ended, because I think that one also, I think I got, I got that for my birthday as well. But, like, just, like, okay. big old game, like, lots of outdoor exploring, and it just kind of gets you in that mood of, all right, uh, here's what I'm going to be doing for the next two weeks, because I don't got school, yay! <laughs> so, yeah, on that front, it's definitely making me feel something, so, yeah, I'm interested to see how it turns out, for sure. So, I have been playing a few games this week. So, I'll just kind of mention off the bat, um, I have upgraded my Don't Starve copy from PS4 to PC. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> there was, like, a really huge sale, and I have to say it in the past tense because that's over now, but, um... The game just came out with a big update, mm -hmm. so it had a big sale to correlate with that, and it was like 70% okay. off, which is awesome. And then, when you buy Don't Starve Together, which is part of like a mega pack you can get, um, so you're just getting a bunch of stuff for like pretty cheap, like 15 bucks. But when you get a copy of Don't Starve Together, you get a free copy to give to a friend, so you can Don't Starve Together. <laughs> hmm. um, so I did that with a friend... And yeah, now we're playing on PC, and yeah, it's like the first PC game I've played in a very long time, so it took a while to get used to mouse and keyboard controls, but the game is clearly meant to be played on PC, like just the interface is very mm -hmm. row of boxes for your inventory, click and drag things where they need to go, and you can pretty much do everything with the mouse, so that's nice. But also, you get those sweet, sweet mods. So, I've been trying those out. So, I won't lie and say that Kevin might have been the one to tell me, why, hello there, there's a Don't Starve Mega Pack available, and I bought it the morning of our recording. Ooh. I 100% just bought the regular Don't Starve together, mm. and not the Mega Pack. Ah, but we live in we live in 2021 now, thank you, Steam. Literally, if it recognizes, oh, you own a part of this bundle, okay, we'll just extract, like, the appropriate amount of money. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I recognize that you have this in your library, so we'll take this cost out, and you can complete the bundle for, you know, the remaining amount of uh, monetary value. Oh, that's awesome. So, Very consumer-friendly. Yeah, as soon as I open it, I will 
by the Mega Pack. Well, nice. the remainder of the Mega Pack. <laughs> yeah, so also the main reason I wanted to switch is because just the community is much more active on PC naturally. So like I I know a few people who have it on PC and play. So now I can actually play with more people if I so desire. Exactly, so. and I, I guess by that means, but based on what you're saying, I can guess that there is no crossplay with the game. No, which is yeah, kind of weird. And as you mentioned, our Lord and Savior 2021 because. Feel like every game has mm-hmm. crossplay now, at least like all the big ones. Um, so yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. So yeah. it's I I will say that it's uh, it's mu- it's very much a luxury when we were growing up. The fact that you could play a game on a console and play against somebody with a different console or on a PC was unheard oh, yeah. of. Unfeasible. It, uh, unspeakable. Oh, it, me exactly, playing yeah. with an Xbox gamer. <laughs> Next, you'll be suggesting we we lay in bed with the donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but this I can't. Okay, this was this was very unheard of, and uh, I I am just happy. I can appreciate we live in an era. Oh yeah, where we're not we're literally not segregated by platforms. It's, it's a nice time to be a video gamer. Tm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, besides Don't Starve, yeah, I was in a, still in a platformer mood after Super Mario Galaxy, so I took a trip in the Wayback Machine, although not way back, the, uh, mm-hmm. the sorta back machine, to Jack <laughs> and Daxter on, Ooh. well, PS4, but originally for released for PS2, but um, you can download the HD pack for new consoles. So, yeah, I checked that out. And it's it's solid. Yeah, I never played it as a kid, although I always wanted to. Oh. The first time I played it was much later, like probably when I was like around twenty, when I like bought a PS2 and was playing old PS2 games. Um, so I played it. Mm. I think I probably only played it the one time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not like super nostalgic for it, but I do I do know enough to be like, yeah, that'll be fun to take a take a trip back to. And yeah, it's it's a solid platformer. I own the original Jack and Daxter, but I never played Jack 2 and 3. So if I want to play Jack 2 and Jack 3, I have to bust out the, the PS3 like a heathen. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty much just Mario 64. It's the same collect-a-thon structure of go to the level, get eight of the things, go to the next level. And yeah, the levels are pretty fun. They get super annoying toward the end, though. Like, the last three levels are kind of bad, to be honest. Like, they're very frustrating. <laughs> so, I feel like it ends on a kind of whimpering note. But, yeah, it's fun to play. Jack's got a lot of fun moves. In particular, where it really shines is just the character animation. So, like, mm-hmm. the way he moves is just very satisfying because you really feel it, you know, as you're playing. It just kind of reminded me just how much good animation can lift up any sort of platforming game. So he's very squash and stretchy, which is super fun. So like when you use your punch Mm -hmm. move, for example, like his fist stretches out really far in front of him, but then it like grows big, but it's like super quick. So you barely register it, but you can just tell like, Ooh, that felt very satisfying. Mm -hmm. He has this move or like if you punch and then jump, he does this like twist and jump uppercut. Which is really satisfying, and it like has this like sound effect to it. So that's all good. But then also, because you have Daxter, 
who's like a little rat creature on your shoulder. <laughs> He's an otzel, mm-hmm. don't you know? Which took me for the longest time to realize it's an otter and weasel hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they even say otzel like in the even the original game. Maybe towards the end. Um, but like, I don't remember them saying it no but yeah i don't think so <laughs> yeah i think maybe like in future games they specify what he is yeah but, uh, <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't blame you for not knowing what the hell he's supposed to be yeah it's one of those things that was probably like in the manual and then if you read it there you're like well, what the hell are they talking about <laughs> uh-huh but um yeah since daxter is also kind of your playable character like he's on your shoulder all the time so like his animations play with jacks in really interesting ways so like they're just fun characters to play as so like if you spin, like you have a little tornado move, very much like Crash Bandicoot, which makes sense because it's developed by Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm. So every now and then, after you spin, Daxter will like spin around your head with you, but then like he like goes off balance and he like kind of like flings to the right and he pulls your hair <laughs> and then he like kind of like rubber bands yep. back. <laughs> 100%. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Just those little mm-hmm. touches. Just I'm having a lot of feelings right now, as you as you say this. So I remember, in, like as a kid, just doing the spin move in place so I could see yep. that you know one one like you know one in five chance yeah, totally. of Daxter like going off the rails and have to just yank Jack's hair. <laughs> yep, but then like other like really cute things like when you swim, Daxter will like shiver on your shoulder, which <laughs> is really cute. And also when you get. The precursor orbs, which are this game's stars, oh, there are like five or so, so preset animations that'll play, which are super fun, where like they like dance around and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it's any bad one. I think there, there are ones that I love to see as opposed to other ones, but there's no bad like orbs, orb gets yeah. <laughs> like animation. They're all very lively and animated, which I think is the entire series in terms of like, oh, character absolutely, models. yeah. Oh. One of the better ones is Jack will take the orb and then he like cuffs his arm to like make a hoop and then Daxter jumps and takes the orb and then like slams it through uh, Jack's arm and then does the whole like slam dunk pose and then jumps back up on the arm and oh, it's just, it's good mm, stuff. Springboards back up to your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 100% a, a, f- a favorite. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I would say it's definitely worth checking out... Just, again, I, I kind of was mentioning this with my Final Fantasy IX playthrough, but just to have a scope back into, like, early 2000s game design, because I think this came out in 2001, but it's just a different time. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my god, 100%. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's worth finishing, because those last few episodes or levels are pretty annoying, but just, you know, give it, like, a couple hours, and you'll be like, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> But I did finish it, and then I, you know, I was really feeling myself, so you know what I did? I just jumped right on into Jack 2, baby! Burr, 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 burr. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've played maybe two hours of Jack 2, so I would like to I would like to hear from you about it. So, Jack 2, or Jack 2 Renegade, as it's known in Europe, uh, a.k.a. Jack 2 Ow the Edge... Is my headcanon <laughs> subtitle? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jack 2 is the angsty teenager of the series. 
<laughs> where it just gets unnecessarily dark for some reason. Mm-hmm. So it's Jack and Dexter, the first game, fused with GTA, basically. I mean, that's not that's not a bad comparison. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a weird game, but ultimately I do like it. Yeah, it's totally different, so it's much heavier on story. So the basic setup of the game is the characters from the first game are time-traveled through the future into not post-apocalyptic, but like a very like run-down future it's city. Dystopian. It's more authoritarian, I guess is how you'd describe it. It's not mm-hmm. it's not quite dystopian, but it's heading that direction. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll, I think did you did you get out of New Haven City? Because I also don't think I got out of New Haven City. So I have no clue what the outside world looks like. Um. So you don't really explore too much outside the city. So there's like little levels that you warp to, but they're very self-contained. Mm. So you don't really see much of the outside world. Uh, that's Jack 3's thing. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, you like end up in this like rundown futuristic city that's like run by like this crazy tyrant. And then the game starts with Jack getting kidnapped and tortured and experimented on with Dark Eco for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was mute in the first game and then out of nowhere and oh. Jack 2, suddenly he can talk and his first words are, I'm going to kill Praxis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, it's such a jarring shift. <laughs> exactly. And even Daxter says like, you can talk because yeah. Daxter's one that rescues him he's like jack i found you it's been so long but he talked and as as daxter knows his friend is mute and he's just like you gotta talk to me and he's like yeah i'm gonna kill praxis <laughs> he's like oh crap you can talk yeah <laughs> what's going on yeah so very dramatic shift like right off the bat yeah but it's just weird to me that it's so dramatic like two years of torture but like no one really comments on it. Like they're just like, okay, we're back now. Let's go find your friends. And then when you reunite with the other characters, they're also pretty unimpressed. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jack two gameplay. So it's like a platformer shooter, very much like Ratchet and Clank, but like Ratchet and Clank is, I'd say 60 shooter, 40 platformer. And then Jack two is kind of the opposite leans more heavily on platforming i'd say because you only get four guns throughout the game yeah basically more jack and dexter platforming but it's more linear with like the levels and it's a mission based game much like grand theft auto so yes you're just going out and doing things you're not really collecting things and it's a mix of like platforming levels shooty shooty bang bang levels and then <sighs> vehicle levels <laughs> <laughs> He shudder. Yeah. It's an open world, and I do like the design of Haven City, which is your hub world, in terms of, like, visuals and, like, aesthetic and atmosphere. Um, And also, Mm -hmm. the Haven City theme is a true bop. Uh, If you know, you know. But anyway, navigating it is, like, a total nightmare, though, because it's literally designed like a maze. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And everything's cramped, so... You can shift between two hover zones. You can either fly elevated or like down on the roads. But if you do, yeah. if you're on the roads, you might run to the Crimson Guards, and then that triggers a wanted state where they chase you. But if you fly in the air, you're probably going to crash into other cars, and then your car will explode, <laughs> and it's really annoying. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's like a lot of missions where you're like driving around, and it's just annoying. And then also, 
There's so much padding where you drive to the mission, you get your directions, but that's not where you actually start the mission. Now you have to go to the location where you can actually do the thing. So it's just a lot of padding where you're just driving around for a long time. Like seriously, I'd say like an hour or maybe even two is just driving (laughs) from point A to point B. And we're we're walking. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a weird game. Like, so much of it is freshening me where I was like visibly like, ah, I can't believe this. Ah, are you kidding me? But like, I still like it. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because the nostalgia, because like I have this very particular fondness of the game because I didn't own it as a child. I rented it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to me, this game is synonymous with uh, Friday nights, renting a video game to play for the weekends and just mm, getting lost in it and just having a lot of fun and also, because it was rented, it just had that kind of out-of-reach quality to me, where, like, it felt more special. Yeah. And we're like, oh, ooh, I only have, like, a week to play this, so I better enjoy it while it lasts. But, yeah, there are definitely some some good ideas with a lot of annoying stuff around it. But, yeah, I think it's worth checking out, especially if you just like, you know, PlayStation games and platformers. I do think it's worth checking out. If you want to revisit a different era... Yeah, I'm definitely in, like, a throwback mood right now. Like, I think all of May, I'm just going to play older games, like, through PS Now or games that I already own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually, I did just beat Jack 2 this morning, hot off the presses. Okay. So, yeah, recommend, similar to Jack and Daxter, where I say, you know, play it for a couple hours, but, like, if you do get too frustrated, like, you, you can tap out. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think I'll, maybe I'll crack into Jack 3, uh later today even because it's just just a good time i'll have to see because very quickly i have i had jack and dexter as a kid never got jack two. i had a friend who played jack two and jack three and i would go over his house but i would mm-hmm. watch him play i wouldn't play it myself and then when the jack collection came out for ps3 i think i pretty sure i replayed uh D, and then I went to jack two and yeah i you were confused it, it felt <laughs> like it felt like a lot of missteps and i think i put the game down but it was half frustration and half personally not being pleased. I told myself, I will come back at some point, but <laughs> I think I had other stuff to play or wanted to play more than this. Yeah. I played Jack 2 when I was younger and never played Jack and Dexter, as I mentioned. So, like, I didn't have that response of, like, this isn't Jack and Dexter. So, mm-hmm. I think that worked out in my favor. So, yeah. Those are my gaming vibes. I'm having a good time with it. But real quick, before we slide into the Kingdom Hearts discussion, breaking news, I have finished The Sword and the Stone. <laughs> oh, 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 there was laundry to do. It wasn't laundry, but I did tidy up my room. <gasps> so, yeah, as long as you have some sort of menial task to do in the background, that's the way to gotcha. watch that movie. <laughs> Uh, it's so, as I mentioned at the beginning, like, why was this made? <laughs> because it's a King Arthur story, don't you know? So, I think there is a place for a Disney King Arthur story, just because, like, I can't think of any, like, definitive King Arthur story off the top of my head, even though King Arthur, Merlin, Excalibur, like, everyone knows it, but, like, no one can yeah. really say, like, oh, my favorite interpretation was blank. Because <laughs> it certainly ain't the Disney one. <laughs> yeah, there have been at least three, maybe, I want to say three, I'm going to stay at three, King Arthur movies in the past decade. Oh, yeah, but they all, yeah. no one really remembers those. <laughs> there was like, it might have been, a, I think that it might have been Merlin or young Merlin or young Arthur, but there was like a young 
blah 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 mm. like tv series yeah i think it was young merlin like maybe five six years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <sighs> but yeah the movie like i've been saying it follows this plot of uh arthur goes through three little lessons his first lesson he's a squirrel his second lesson he's a fish his third lesson he's a bird <laughs> and yeah there's just no point to it there's no conflict in the movie it's literally just arthur learning lessons and then at the very end, he becomes a squire of another character who's a knight, and they go to mm-hmm. whatever the city is, which is where the sword and the stone is. And then, oh no, yeah. Arthur forgot his knight's sword, so he has to go find a sword. And then he finds the sword and the stone, <laughs> and then he picks it up unwittingly, not knowing how huge a deal it is. And then he's like, here's your sword. Mm-hmm. And then they realize it has, like, a little insignia on it saying, like, Oh, who shall ever pull this sword? And then they're like, Arthur, you got this? And he's like, yeah. And then they have to go back, and then they put the sword back in the stone, and then he has to pull it out a second time to prove that he did, in fact, pull it. So, like, even the, like, big, like, Oh, he finally did it. He got the sword. Like, even that moment is just very lame. Kid, we gotta see you do it again. Yeah. Just to be sure. Yeah, and somehow the sword magically, like, it goes back to, like, not being movable. Like, whenever you put it back in stone. So, like, other people try it and then it doesn't work. And then Arthur does it. And then they're like, hail, King Arthur! Hail the ten-year-old child! He's in charge now! <laughs> I just imagine, like, uh, like, almost like, uh, I can't think of a comparison right now. Oh, a, a good reader repulsa, like... The sword, like, is just thinking, after 10,000 years, I'm free! <laughs> and then, like, 10 minutes later, Arthur puts it back, and he's like, no, 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 Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then, and it's literally, like, the last five minutes, all this happens. And then he goes, he's, like, instantly made king, he's on the throne, and he's like, well, gosh, I don't know how to be a king. And then he and Merlin had a falling out, because Merlin's like, you shouldn't be a knight's squire, you should be learning. So then uh, Merlin bounces, and he, like, goes to Bermuda. Which is weird. <laughs> um, but then at the end, Arthur's like, I wish Merlin was here. And then Merlin, in a very genie move, I was actually very surprised to see it. He comes back from Bermuda. It's like he's like a rocket. He like flies in. Uh, but he comes back and he's in like beach wear, like a tropical shirt and like shorts and sandals. <laughs> it's very weird. And he like literally teleported or like time traveled to like modern day. At the time, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, like, came back from, like, you know, the 1970s. And he, like, even makes a joke, like, oh, the 20th century? No thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, like, kind of like a proto-genie where he can kind of, like, exist outside of the fabric of reality. <laughs> which is kind oh, of weird. Boy. But, yeah, it's a very boring movie. And to bring back to Kingdom Hearts, like, yeah, I, we we don't need to go back to this well. Like, there's nothing really to mine here in terms of, oh, this could be fun. Like, uh, I was browsing the subreddit for Kingdom Hearts earlier, and someone was commenting on something about, oh, like, I'm tired of seeing old worlds. Like, I want to see blank, blank, blank worlds. And the first world they listed was Sword in the Stone. And I was like, I can't hold my tongue here. I, like, literally commented. I was like, have you seen that movie recently? It's incredibly boring. Um, have you even been to this movie? (laughs) Yeah, like, the setting is just medieval castle, sort of, and then forest. And, like, yeah, we've already had that with, like, the princess worlds and BBS. So, like, 
even that, like, it doesn't offer anything new. So, like, leave it behind, Amora. We, we don't need any sword in the stone shenanigans. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like the... And once we get into other games, we'll reference something very similar, but I think for the much older properties, kind of like a Merlin, kind of like a, here's a little nod, here's a little tip of the head. Yeah. It's kind of nice, but we don't need our, our, our uh, Sword in the Stone exactly. world. Not basically. every Disney movie needs a full world. <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't we uh, move on into the world discussion on the subject of worlds? It's a world of worlds. You mean, it's the, <gasps> you mean the end of it? Yeah. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I'm feeling copyright infringement. <laughs> we are here at the final world. Well, not the final world. That's a story for another time. Yeah, end of the world, baby. So my first question right off the bat <laughs> is... What was stopping them from coming here in the first place? Slash, how did they get here or how to how do they know how to get here there is a comment that they make after you defeat the behemoth it might be it might be the princesses which would require going back and talking to them mm-hmm. or it might be the ff gang but there's a comment on now that the final keyhole is sealed i don't know they make a reference to actually being able to go to the end the end of all worlds hmm. But it's there is no emphasis on it. I was I was I yeah. was very much the uh, Leo DiCaprio Rick Dalton meme of like ah we're about to go there and then it's really like it's like a single line and it's like yeah but, but we have other stuff to talk about so like <laughs> eh. there is the, it's not a focal point whatsoever it's just like nah, yeah you can go there now. Now that I think about it, a lot of Kingdom Hearts games kind of botch the ending where it's like very jarring like suddenly oh okay it's it's the big ending now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much. Here's your beginning, here's your middle chunk, which is, like, the whole game pretty much, and then here's the ending, and they're, like, the transition between, like, the main game and the end game isn't super thought out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We were, uh, I was doing the outline for this, we're doing this world, and also, because we're, we're going to be doing most, or 90% of End of World, and then we're going to jump into our little super boss mm-hmm. guide, I was thinking of, like, the ending of the other games and the super bosses of those games. And I kind of had a very similar, like there is, I don't know. I wouldn't call it jumping off the shark, but it's a very, there, there's a shift that happens. It, it never, it never feels very, yes. it doesn't feel too natural. It feels usually rushed or like, all right, guys, plot matters now. Yeah. We got to cram it all in and <laughs> start the timer. Yeah. King of Hearts 2. Very guilty of that. Kingdom Hearts 3 is very guilty of that. So we'll get to those when we get to them. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just, it's just a, it's like the series in general because, I mean, it's always, here's our original story, Disney, 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 and then let's end it with our original story too. So like. Yeah, but like Kingdom Hearts, like they already had the ending in place with Hollow Bastion. <laughs> so like that yeah. was built up to much more naturally. So like to me, end of the world always feels like this weird little tumor (laughs) or it's like oh yeah then we have to do the actual ending part Mm -hmm. it's like oh we've all come together now oh crap there's uh, yeah because like there's really no story in end of the world so like that we we really don't have much to talk about in that department for this episode so like 
Yeah, yeah it just kind of feels like you're just there. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. The only voice cutscene is the final boss, besides, like, our landing scene. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you get to the world, and then, similar to Hollow Bastion, like, you're just there. Like, you're in the, like, opening room, but, like, I think Hollow Bastion has the music when you first arrive, but in, in the, the world, it's just complete silence, which is pretty cool. Like, I like that touch. Mm-hmm. It's very eerie and menacing. So you exit that little room, and then there you have it. It's the end of the world. And we get the logo, and yeah, I like the idea of the end of the world. Like, it makes a ton of sense. Like, it's it's basically a heartless world. Yeah, where here's basically, the remnants yeah. of all the worlds that have been taken. Mm-hmm. We have the, the cutscene, and it just tells us, like, you know, once we defeat Ansem, the worlds will go back. To, I think that's the big thing of, like... Yep. What will happen to us and the worlds will go back. They, I mean, it, Yuffie mostly touches on it in our Hall of Bastion final scene. Yep. But the worlds will go back to normal and the walls will be restored. Yeah. So we're seeing friends. It's an interesting setup that, like, you know, once you do what you gotta do, like, there's no going back, basically. Like, and they don't even know, like, mm. what's gonna happen to us because we're in this place that's gonna disappear. So, like, that that's an interesting little teeny plot thread. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's pretty much it for story <laughs> for this <laughs> episode. <laughs> there's there's another little bit. It's not like a cutscene, but we'll we'll get to it. So why don't we mm-hmm. why don't we get going? <laughs> so this first area is super annoying. <laughs> I to this day I don't understand why it's like this, but it's the invisible hall of mirrors. <laughs> I mean that's basically it. So Final Dimension is like this area name. And it's essentially a bunch of little landings with an invisible floor. But with an invisible floor, we also get invisible walls. <laughs> cue uh, cue uh, mine that you can't see me doing right now, but I swear I'm doing it. Yeah, it's like... I'm stuck in a box. You're blindfolded, just following around like, uh, okay, here's the wall, let's just follow it. <laughs> and yeah, it's annoying. So you basically follow the, lo- the walls to like each treasure chest, and the chests kind of make beelines toward each other where if you follow to from one chest to the closest chest like you you should be good like you won't run into an invisible wall but yeah most, yeah most of the time i feel like towards the end it gets kind of yeah it gets a little a tricky little messy. yeah but most of them they're li- most of them are little just like little pieces of land that point in a direction and they usually point at mm-hmm. another or in the general area of another chest and so it's kind of a little indicator like Hey, hey, why don't you go that way, huh? Just shiny over there. Yeah. When you get to each chest, you can take it or leave it. Uh, But if you take it, and I don't know if it's random or preset. I'm assuming it's preset. It is is preset. That's my my glorious little strategy guy told me that. (laughs) So, yeah, certain chests will just give you the item, no problem. Uh, But then others are basically mimic mimic chests where they trick you they trick you you fool <laughs> and then you're mm-hmm. engulfed in some like dark orbs to like taken so like little fighty arenas little pocket dimensions yeah, yeah. or there's uh i know it's the first one and i think it was one or two more that uh when you're not even at the chest yet you'll just trigger a cutscene and then take into a same like little fighty dimension basically yeah so you can avoid all the chess battles but i think there's like three oh. or four of like yeah like you were just talking about like inevitable fights where you'll just get taken away as once you hit a certain point i stepped on a trap tile oh no the i think the first one is just right out the gate right out right out the gate uh behemoth <laughs> it's the first or the last one it might even be both <laughs> they just spam behemoths in this world yeah 
So yeah, uh, no, Behemoth, what are we going to do? The same thing we always do to Behemoths. Plan to attack the horn. It works every time. Mm -hmm. No, it actually, it does work every time. Although this time, they're basically treated as mob heartless, I guess you could say, where like they'll actually give you drops. So mm -hmm. this is the only way to get Orichalcums just randomly like as item oh. drops. Uh, we, we touched on this last episode, but yeah, like behemoths have a small chance yes, to uh, drop Orichalcum. So that's neat, I guess, if you're running low. <laughs> Yeah, a behemoth. And then, as you're wondering, you'll stumble upon some new Heartless. Our mm -hmm. our last batch of uh, regular Heartless, anyways. We've got the Angel Star and the Invisible. Well, what do we think of these boys? Let's talk about Angel Star first. So yeah, it's kind of like a worse wizard. <laughs> I guess Angel's not as bad because it doesn't warp. But um, yeah, it'll do the... The shields up move where it uses its wings to protect itself and it goes invincible. And then it flies away. Uh, you can't catch me. No, 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 poo poo. And then it'll do its little energy vortexes. It's got energy balls. Yeah, it's like spinny ray of disco dance. <laughs> do, 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 do. Beyblade, uh, the famous Beyblade move. Yeah. From days of old. Yeah, offensively it's not too bad, but yeah, it's another one of those where it's like just. Let me hit you so I can take you out. Stop. Oh, you're flying away again. Okay, great. <laughs> well, similar to wizards, they have a lot of magical resistance, so yeah. you probably just want to punch them in the face to get rid of them. And, I don't know, I've been just reading through information about most of our generic mob heartless. And, I mean, if it wasn't very intentional, the, and the Angel Star is meant to have a very fra almost fragile look and feel to it. Like, the body is made of glass... It looks like it contains, like, I don't know, I guess it's soul, mm -hmm. technically, or whatever. Uh, big lava lamp. <laughs> Slash, like, air freshener yeah. dispenser. <laughs> it's interesting, because, yeah, it's very inorganic, kind of like a late-gen Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Over the course of the series, I think we run into, like, I was about to say pre-made, that's the wrong type. Manufactured mm -hmm. Heartless, maybe... One or maybe at sometimes so we'll we'll get to that if we ever get to, get to that. But yeah, this feels very like I was made in a lab. Yeah, it, I guess it kind of looks like like how angels are depicted in like old old like biblical imagery. I guess mm -hmm. it's kind of like these weird amalgamations, essentially. I, I I've said this a few times now, but it is very Digimon reminiscent. So yeah, I kind of like how it's <laughs> different, especially as like. You know, an end of the world heartless of like, whoa, it's kind of like a new type of heartless. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really do too much for me. And yeah, they're not too fun to fight. So it's going to be a no for me, dog. But thanks for trying. It contrasts with our other new boy, the invisible. So yeah, why don't, why don't we why don't we talk about that guy? What do we what do we think of him and his big old sword? I love him. Is is hunky, and he had a tail. And he got wings. What more do you want in a man? He's basically a heartless daddy. <laughs> I mean, your eggs. I mean, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> he kind of feels like the final evolution of like, oh, for a sure. pure blood heartless. Because we when we're in cage one, so we have. I guess technically we have dark side, but we also have shadows. Yep. So it goes shadow, dark ball, invisible. Like it's very much like your pseudo legendary dragon line of like. Pipsqueak, Cocoon, 
What is this? <laughs> it feels very, the evolution feels very, very much there. Yeah, no, he's good. He appeared so late in the game, but nonetheless, I'm glad to have him. Although sometimes he can be a complete a-hole a, a to fight because, like most yeah. of our late game dudos, he's got an invincible phase. Yes, a very drawn out one. Where he slams the sword down, he goes intangible, he haunts your soul. Oh, wait, never mind. He's just haunting Donald. It's okay. We're fine, everyone. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so basically the invisible, it's mostly just I'm a... I would say mini Sephiroth. Like, they fly a little bit. They'll sword, they'll sword swipe at you. Yeah. But uh, when they do their ring of fire, yeah. It's a, it's a very long invisible phase where they pick a party member. So uh, during the Hades Cup, because we talked about the Hades Cup, obviously. When, you, when I went back and did Sora alone, that was the... Oh boy, I'm gonna be targeted by Ring of Fire 15 million times because I'm the only party member. But yep. yeah, they encompass a party member. There's there's like a like a little sound cue that leads up to like basically their snap on you. Yeah. But you can dodge roll out of it. And and or just hope that Donald and Goofy get caught in it and not. Yeah, you, you can also jump out of it. That's true, yeah, as long as you're not there when, exactly. when the attack triggers, basically, as long as you're not in the space. Yep. So yeah, his attacks aren't too bad, honestly. Uh, what trips me up is, like most Heartless, when they show up in groups. So they throw out their attacks, like their basic sword swipes, um, pretty frequently. So I feel like throughout this world and like the Hades Cup, I feel like a lot of times I would just clank on one of them because they're throwing out their hitboxes so much. So it's it's kind of yeah. hard to lay them down for a hit. So stop does help in that regard. Just make sure you don't stop them like during invincibility phase because like you can they'll still deflect you with their sword even if they're stopped so make sure you can get a good angle on them but yeah they're they're not too bad they're definitely definitely have the intimidation factor and then yeah like once there's you know like 10 of them at once that's when it starts to get a little dicey yeah that sounds very much yeah but yeah design wise they're solid uh they got that big old sword which is cool because we don't see heartless actually like using weapons too often. So fun fact, the kanji on the sword mean hard shell. <laughs> so I guess he likes hard shell tacos. He's hardcore, baby. Yeah. So on the note of the sword, so similar to how Donald gets a wizard staff and Goofy gets a defender. Ugh, how cool would it be if the invisible had a chance to drop a keyblade that was like the sword? Mm. Oh, uh, <laughs> as you said that, I was like, "Did I just never realize this was a keyblade?" And they're like, "Oh, uh, I was like, no." Oh, <laughs> uh, I think this would have been. Now you got my hopes up. Yeah, or like, how dare you? I'm trying to think how it would work, because like, <sighs> it wouldn't make sense as a drop, because then you could theoretically sell it, or like have multiples of it, and then to have like two copies of a keyblade would be weird. But like, maybe it would drop like true a special ingredient that you can then synthesize with some other mm. some other ingredient that that's only one in the game yeah that could be cool i like the idea of heartless keyblades so you get one and two which i do like despite most people not liking it but yeah just like taking a taking a walk on the wild side <laughs> but Instead, we'll just have to admire his sword from afar. Okay. So, yeah. Making our way through this... What, what was it called? The final dimension 
Final destination. Final no, it's final dimension. I'm just, I'm just an Ooh, idiot. Nice. So yeah, you'll get one more fu from a behemoth right before you get to the exit, and then from there you enter the the great crevasse, mm -hmm. which is like a giant canyon, which looks very like like spacey and like kind of sci-fi and like very yeah. like polygonal. <laughs> it's it's a cool area. I like the design of it a lot. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So yeah, this is one of the bigger, if not the biggest areas or rooms in the whole game, for sure. I guess aside from like I think so, some of the Atlantica bigger rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to explore here. A lot of platforming slash just climbing and knowing like where you can get to certain spots. And yeah, there's definitely some good loot to pick up here. So we'll definitely, you know, poke around in those nooks and crannies. Explorate. Yeah. In particular, you can get, I think it's called the Meteor Strike for Donald, which is his most powerful staff, as in it has the high strength stat. So, yeah, mm -hmm. if, if you're so inclined, uh, slap that on. It's pretty cool. Yep. That's hanging out here. Yeah. Yeah, this area... It's cool, but it's also annoying because you can, like, get in some situations where, like, there's an angel star off screen. You can't get to it because there's, like, there's, like, little kind of, like, rooms, like, hanging off the walls that are, like, enclosed. Yes. There's, a uh... So this is, bas this is basically the platforming room. Yep. You're going to have to, like, glide into some weird spots and... I, would, I mean, very... What is it? We, uh, you made the comment that Hollow Bastion feels pretty invalidated because we get glide. Here, I feel like Glide is a very good, like, recovery tool or supplement. Oh, yes, yes. The fact that you have to go to a million different little outcrops to find these little Definitely. treasure chests. So please do explore the great, the giant crevasse. And I thought there would be more enemies. I thought it was the caveat. There are only enemies in, like, these weird, just, like, these really weird offshoots. Yep. They, like, almost like carriages or, like, baskets, slowly. Because most <laughs> of the time, you jump into it from another platform where you fall into it mm -hmm. because it's the end of a series of platforms and that's when you get some some heartless spawns yep. but only in those little baskets yeah there's not too many which which is nice like one thing i appreciate about this world is it's not just a gauntlet uh heartless 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 it's the end of the game shut up <laughs> like mm -hmm. there are a lot but like they're spaced out in manageable ways and you know there's mm -hmm. there's only a handful of rooms really like it's not too long because like i hate it in games when you get to the final level and it's just super drawn out and you're like okay i get it it's the ending but like you're just annoying right now mm -hmm. so yeah like like you said like the previous room was more more gauntlety this one's more platformy which is cool Lots of spots to explore, but eventually you want to make your way down to the very bottom, which that's another thing that's kind of nice is you can just totally ignore all the chests if you want and just just fly on down to the bottom, which is super easy. There is a safe point right by the um right by the exit, so top off your health and whatnot if you need to or get in a save. But after that, you're gonna jump in and then you get to the linked worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, go through as your heart's content, but. If you, you know, if you're a good little keyblade wielder and you come seal it with keyholes, you can just cruise through this section until, well, you'll get the um, the world terminus save point, which is cleverly the hundred acre wood room. Although <laughs> that don't make sense because Winnie the Pooh is just a storybook; it's not a full world, so you should not be able to access it. But whatever, uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Oh, certainly. 
technically still a world. I, I do like the flavor of, you know, there's no hu- enemies in the 100 Acre Woods. The 100 Acre Woods exactly. is a safe one, one at least. Yeah. yeah. That's a cute touch. And then right after that is a giant swirling. Well, actually, no, it always confuses me. So there's like, whenever you have to go to the room, it's signified by like a giant uh, pillar of flames. But then for this last room to the, the boss we're about to talk about, it's, it's like blue flames or like green flames or... It's always confusing because you go in here, you go to this weird little laboratory area, you go back, you yes, get kicked out, you that's go it. back in, and then it's boss fight. Yes. It's kind of a weird like... That's what confuses me because it doesn't go straight <laughs> yeah. to the boss room. It, yeah, it goes to the lab and then you got to do shenanigans and then from there... Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and and to get past the lab, there's the other the other hallway is like a big heartless emblem. Yep, that just like blocks your way. But because the heartless emblem is just it's the heart, like you know, it's skinny at the bottom. It feels like something you should be able to get past. Like, oh, I need to do something to get this out of my way so I can progress. Right? Game's like, no, just go back the other way, you idiot. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, no, that always trips me up, too, because I feel like, yeah, like, you should be able to get through that heartless barrier. Uh, while we're talking about this room, there's a very, uh, very interesting little tidbit. We don't know exactly what this room is yet, but we do know it's important. So it's, like, a laboratory with, like, these little pods and then this, like, heart core, I guess you could say. And there's a little text you can read. <clears throat> By reading the plaque on in front of, like, the machine. Hear these words. Ones born of the heart in darkness, devoid of hearts, ravage all worlds and bring desolation. Seize all hearts and consummate the great heart. All hearts to be one. One heart to encompass all. Uh, by the way, do you, do you have a drink to uh, take a sip every time I say the word heart? <laughs> and, and or darkness. <laughs> Realize the destiny, the realm of Kingdom Heart. He said it! Oh my god, they said it! <laughs> this might be the first name drop we get for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, you do not hear it in any other place besides, like, the final cutscene. So yeah, it's just cool. Like, oh wait, Kingdom Hearts is a thing? Like, it's not just, like, some weird <laughs> abstract title for the series. It's, like, an actual yep. in-universe concept. So, very cool. I, I always just like this room, because one... As I mentioned before, it's one of those few rooms where you can only get to once. Like, you can't get back to it. Yeah, it's going to literally be our pathway to the boss fight. Mm-hmm. And two, it makes much more sense in hindsight once you know, you know, the plot of later games. So, ooh, it's a nice, mm-hmm. little, nice little seed that Nomura's planting with his... I was about to say, these these are the seeds! Yeah, his little, his little sun hat and his, his gardening gloves and his little uh, watering can. <laughs> There's like hey, there's like C's, but they're like uh, KH characters and Final Fantasy characters' faces on yep. them. <laughs> I'm gonna plant a little Sora here, plant a little cloud over there, maybe some <laughs> Noxus over here. Who knows what'll grow? Yeah. And then in the the Kingdom Hearts three gardening plot, all the Final Fantasy characters were overtaken by weeds. <laughs> oh <Apparently>. no! <laughs> oh, this bash is no good. <laughs> so we enter a pillar of flames to get here. Yep. We come here, we back out. The flames is gone, and it's just a crater, which will lead us to the boss. Yes, room. yes. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, okay. 
It's all coming back to me. <laughs> so yeah, just jump on into that big old gaping hole, and then you start hearing the the stirring of a of a, an orchestra. I can't wait to edit this in. <laughs> yeah, very very much like the the Jaws theme. Oh, hundred percent. Surprise, surprise! It's a Chernabog boss fight, baby. What? Surprisingly. <laughs> so yeah, when I was a kid. I had no idea what this thing was. <laughs> I know Night on Bald Mountain because, as I put in my notes, it's forever a slap. But I didn't have any like uh, context for Chernobog, and we shouldn't because Fantasia is from the 40s. I want to say 42. Yep. I could be wrong. Totally. But it's an ancient property. Yeah, it's just surprise, boss fight. Kingdom Hearts does this a few times, but like I love just these little surprises of like Disney references outside of their worlds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is just like a really cool way to give the Disney villains their last hurrah. And yeah, I just mm-hmm. I wish the rest of the series did this more often. So there are like a few here and there, but most of the like big bosses slash optional bosses are either original or Final Fantasy. So like. We just, we need more Disney bosses. Chernabog's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I remember the first, the very first time. Feels like the first time. Uh, I fought him. It was intense. It was like a gauntlet. It took me like 40 minutes for some reason, because I was a stupid kid. But wow. I'm getting there and being super intimidated. Like, it lasted so long, I had to pause my, ca- my game because, uh, Sora, your dinner's ready. Sora? (laughs) I had to stop for a dinner break, so I had to pause the game and hope that, you know, there wasn't, like, some freak thunderstorm that would turn off my system or whatever. The power goes out in the house, but only the outlet PS2 is connected to. Yep. Um, And then, yeah, I had to come back and finish it. And, yeah, he's scary. Big, giant Satan monster. It's a little bit. So, uh, this is is big Ursula 2.0 right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Very similar fights. Mm. So, whereas Ursula uses thunder, Chernabog uses fire. He has a few attacks. He's got fireballs, fly to avoid them. He's got flame pillar, where he surrounds himself, which just back out very much like Ursula's thunder uh, bolts raining around her. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I swear he has a, a thunder attack, and no, it's just that his fire is just like Ursula's thunder move. Yes. Yeah. And aside from that, he's got his big ol' get-away-from-me-loser wind swipe attack, which is pretty annoying, but also pretty cool when it happens. But yeah, his main move, which is gonna kill most people, is the flame pillar, but upgraded. So, like, after his halfway point or whatever, he'll start doing the flame pillar, but it's much bigger this time! Ah! So, definitely fly away. Yeah, well, it's also very deceiving, because he kind of, like, is slumped over, breathing heavily. It's like, haha, he's weak. Time to attack. Yeah. <laughs> and after a few seconds, he triumphantly rises, mm-hmm. and then you're engulfed. Yes. He's also got a flame breath attack, but that one's super easy to avoid because unlike Ursula, mm. where like you know you have to kind of like move around her, there's no like thunder or whatever to like avoid while he's doing this attack. So just stay behind his head. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very cool fights. The track is awesome. The setting's awesome. His just giant imposing figure is awesome. But <laughs> um, I completely cheesed it with Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't realize this until you uh, text, had texted me about it. 
I think this is pretty interesting. Yeah, so if you descend all the way down to his big manly thighs, just to, you know, take a closer look to appreciate them, you can <laughs> land on, like, the crater. It is, like, a physical floor. And then once you do that, mm. summon... Well, I summon Mushu, but you can summon anyone. Pop off your summon, and then that's game, pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am a magic boy. See, at this point, because I did most of the extra stuff before Into the World, I probably had 18 or 19 MP, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> Big boy numbies. So I summon Mushu, and I let him rip off his fire bolts of justice, and literally, like, 30 seconds... It just ate through Chernobog's health. <laughs> it was kind of sad. <laughs> but it was awesome. I'm sorry I had to do this to you. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, if you're magic focused, that's one way you can really cheese this fight. But even without magic, like, in any recent run within the last few years where I'm playing this game, I find that Chernobog is so much easier than when I first fought him. You can get to him pretty quickly, like, even if you have, like, a Divine Rose, for example. Like, he's not nearly as bad as, you know, fighting him when I was younger. 100%, yeah. I don't think I had as much trouble as you were describing, but I still had trouble against him growing up. And now I feel like that's a thing of the past. It's kind of a shame, because he is so evil and imposing. Like, you kind of want him to put up more of a fight, but, eh. <laughs> yeah, especially this fight, because I had Arrow on. I mean, you cheese out of it by just... Popping Mushu in the back of his head. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had arrow on most of the fight, so... I mean, because why not? And because at this point, a, I might have gotten... I definitely got all of the puppies before going to End of World. Nice. So I said, I think I'm going to get my Aroga now, please. Nice. So I had Aroga to do uh, a, lot, a lot of chip damage as I'm just hugging the back of his head constantly. Yeah. So yeah, he'll burst into a pillar of flames, and then you're good to go... <laughs> And check out his undercarriage to proceed. These next few rooms are also one of my favorites because you catch the little glimpses of uh, the worlds that were lost. Yeah, once you're exploring the tunnels, you'll catch little references to uh, the fallen worlds, particularly the uh, Disney Princess worlds. So okay. I think the most obvious will be you can see like the trees from the Sleeping Beauty world because they're very distinct. They're like squares basically <laughs> so you can like kind of oh, no. see that forest imagery mm -hmm. you can see the evil trees from snow white mm -hmm. and then there's this one very particular spot where it's really weird it's like a bubble in the wall and then when you go in first person it's just like a ping basically of i imagine it's cinderella's castle <laughs> but it's just like a 2d like illustration of the castle just a whole ass mm -hmm. castle just in the wall <laughs> It's really silly. There's a castle in these walls. <laughs> and then there's like these little like pillars that look, look, they look like Greek pillars. Like they were from like the Hercules world, but mm -hmm. we know that world didn't fall. So I'm not quite sure exactly, where yeah. that one's supposed to come from, but that's mm -hmm. also there. So yeah, just more interesting world building, literally, <laughs> of just like these neat little background details. Like, oh, it's all coming together. Yeah. But um, yeah, once you get through these last few tunnels you are at the final room which is ostensibly the final room of the game where this is your proper heartless gauntlet um mm. actually i think this room might be called link worlds it's confusing <laughs> but this room is infamous because it's the most difficult for 
any level one run for sure. Yeah, because it, it's just an onslaught. Well, yeah. <laughs> an onslaught that starts with Behemoth. Yeah. We get one more cloying, dying breath from the Behemoth before he's made irrelevant. So I'll take him out, and then... Yeah, you basically fight in waves, where after you get through each phase, a little a little tiny piece of that heartless emblem will chip off the door. So yeah, aside from him, uh, you'll get some angel stars, some invisibles, I think dark balls, and maybe shadows? Yep. Maybe not. All your upper-level heartless, basically. So, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck, kid. You're going to need it. Yeah. Obviously, summon helps. Summons help, uh, especially Dumbo for that there invincibility. Mm-hmm. Tinkerbell, some nice insurance. Simba, very situational. <laughs> it's hard to get his charge going with so many Heartless going around. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, just whatever strategy has been working for you most with all these goons, just keep at it. Stay calm. Do it, but better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's challenging, but not too bad, I would say. At least for, as I was saying, just a regular run. And then, once that's done, you get that door unlocked to enter the final rest. <gasps> Ooh. But yeah, that is that is where we're going to stop it for our end of the world discussion. We're going to set up base camp, recoup. Before Big Daddy-O. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't we just... Peek on back into the previous room and find the final Uber Heartless, the Neo Heartless. Ooh. Neo Shadows. Neo Shadows, correct. So these are much like Invisibles, kind of like an evolution of the Pure Blood Heartless. Um, very cool designs. They're basically shadows hitting the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a fight, uh. They're just tricky. It's just really long. <laughs> I guess the strategy is you want to take off... You want to pick off all the Neos until there's just one. But then they'll, like, hit different phases when it's, like, you know, three of them left. So they do this, like, spinny attack in the air, which you want to avoid because they're pretty much invincible at that point. But after they land, they're vulnerable. Take them out and just keep dodging attacks and taking out one by one. Yep, so... Yeah, will them down to four. They pop. They do their pop off. Then when I think there's two left. There is. Yep. Oh, then one attack. One stays up top, and then one tries to grab you. Yes. From the. We are float down here. Yeah. Almost. It reminds me of. Well, it's about to remind me of a fight we're about to have. Yep. Well, not a fight we're about to have, and then also our part of our final boss fight. But it's very much like, no, yeah. don't you move? Exactly. Uh, which isn't too bad unless you're probably low on health, but. Be careful. Yeah. So uh, whenever I fight these guys, it's never particularly elegant. It's just me healing every time I get hit. (laughs) And then, yeah, I guess just timing it. What I found worked actually was using stop because the the final one who's above ground will have a lot of like invincibility frames. Uh, And then when he's not, that's when his buddy will pull you from below. So if you stop him while he's Mm. vulnerable, you'll still get the animation of the, uh, the, uh, the ankle biter. But then once he's gone, the other one will still be stopped, so then you can get some hits off, and then that okay, so yeah, should that, that's, be that's good. That's a good strategy. Yeah. Stop coming in clutch. <laughs> yeah. But also in this yeah. phase, he'll summon little baby Neos, and you want to take those out before they... Whack, whack, whack. Before they mature, because then basically restarts the fight, which is super annoying. Exactly. This part always gives me 
incredible anxiety. Yeah. So when I was doing it, it, it just fills me with like a little bit of a dread. But then you take them out because I always I don't think I've ever had them pop up at least in this playthrough. But I'm like I just know I have to kill them and there's a time limit. I'm just in my head internally screaming as I run around each one and go, yeah. ah, <laughs> die. Yeah, it's certainly stressful. That's mm-hmm. probably the most involved Uber fight, I would say, aside from like yeah. Pink Agricus. But with the, all the changes that came in, that one's not nearly as bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, get that. Um, ooh, what is it? What does it drop? The Stormy Stone. Stormy Stone. Yes. Okay. Get your fruits of your labor and finish off your synthesis. Yeah, so this is this this is the last of. I mean, we're literally at the end of the game, so you should be able to yep. get, collect anything at this point. Pretty much, especially now that we've actually gone through the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now that we've wrapped end of the world, we're gonna take our final detour of of the uh, the play session to explore all the superb bosses. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts One is chock full of them. Uh, which is something I appreciate. Mm-hmm. There is one, two, three, four. There's hold up. Am I crazy? Okay, yeah. We have four super bosses in the base game, and then Final Mix gave us an extra little dash. Mm-hmm. For dramatic effect. I guess your definitions of super boss may vary, but um all the optional in-game bosses basically. So yeah. do you want to start off in Olympus Coliseum or Neverland? Or Agrabah. I'll say, let's start Neverland. I always should go Neverland because I need that final upgrade. Because at this point, you may realize, I think I'm missing a single magic upgrade now. Mm-hmm. Where the good golly gosh could it be? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once you once you seal the second keyhole in Hall of Bastion, that's when... Or no, it's after Hall of Bastion first visit. That's when... Yeah, after after uh, after rescue. Yeah, when all the world's difficulty levels bump up. You'll notice that yep. Agrabah and Neverland have purple stars for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's because of these bad boys. <laughs> so, in Neverland, you'll notice you can't access the clock tower anymore. So, you, you have to have Peter Pan in your party so we can interpret for Tinkerbell. But um, she'll ask to go to the clock tower, and you'll be like, well, gosh, I don't know. I guess we can go. What's the harm in that? Oh, you you poor, poor fools. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I actually, I got really nervous when I revisited Neverland, because I know that the arrow upgrade is the Yellow Trinity here. Mm-hmm. I went to the second save point to, uh, to, uh, to Pasta La Vista, the hell out of here, mm-hmm. as, I, as I say. And I saw Tink in the corner, and I was like, wait a minute. I can't, I can't do this fight now, can I? Mm. And just, I realized that Tink is just the warp point if you spawn in on Captain Hook's ship, if you want to go back to the clock yes. tower. So you don't have to gummy ship, come immediately back, and then just pick the clock tower. Because yep. I did that, and I was like, is it time? Is it time? I was like, oh, okay, no, 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 it's just, just the warp point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Woo! So, yeah, once you activate her, you will be taken to the clock tower cutscene, and yay! Just, just flying along, mind your business. But then, oh my God, it's 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 death incarnate, <laughs> just showing up. Want to be howdy? Want to be friends? Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of like floats into frame. Like he's like, oh hey. Yeah, very what casually. What's going on there, buddy? Yeah, it's very um. Like I mentioned in Atlantica, there's the shot of the shark bursting through the ship. Mm. Yeah, it's very like a horror movie visual. 
which I appreciate. <laughs> so yeah, we've got our phantom fight. And I would say he's probably the scariest Heartless in terms of design. Definitely in KH1, yeah. but maybe in the series in general. Because he's just a uh, floating cloak without a head or a body, with these like big dangly claws, and he's just... Spoopy. He's evil. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy is all about time magic. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing, this guy will instantly wreck you, basically. <laughs> yup. So, yeah, this, naturally, this fight gave me tons of trouble as a kid, and I distinctly remember going to GameFAQs.com to look up a guide, and it just, and I'm sure you had this experience with your handy-dandy guide, but it just gave me the secrets to the land, and, like, spelled it all out for me. I was like, oh my god, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, to this day, I still, like, rely on that strategy. So, yeah, the basic idea of the fight is the Phantom will cast i don't know the official name of the spell but i'm just gonna say doom it'll cast doom on the clock face which is a little countdown clock and once it hits zero it'll just annihilate whatever party member it was affecting (laughs) yep i think it depends on your position so you want to position it so that peter pan is last i think believe so i've always had peter die the first yes that's what i'm like, trying to get at natural yeah yeah, yeah yeah i've always had him die first without thinking about it i but i believe it is party positional related yeah so i think the third spot is whoever will be targeted first yeah i guess, I guess that makes sense you work your way from three to two to sora mm, yeah yeah once they hit zero they're 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 just out man like they're their HUD disappears, like, you can't cure them, like, nothing. They're, they're just Dead. gone. <laughs> Deleted from this earth. Yep. So, I just love this fight for the fact that it lets you just zoom in on Peter Pan's floating corpse. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's finally dead. Yep. We did it. So, the way you can counteract that is by stopping the clock. Literally. Yep, so you want to stop Ra for sure, but you also want a lot of magic, because the only way to damage this fella is with his little Simon Says heart, which corresponds to red for fire, blue for blizzard, uh, yellow for thunder, and then every now and then you'll get a white, which is when you can use basic attacks, but that is not super often, so you're going to be using a lot of magic in this fight, so definitely want to get your MP up as much as you can. Magic, 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 magic. Yeah, and I guess also the higher your MP is, the longer your stop is going to be stronger. So yeah. Yep. This is a this is literally a magic fight. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, definitely slap MP gift on Goofy because mm, that is going to be the boy. Yeah, bread and butter of this fight. Mm-hmm. And take off any of his special moves, any MP draining moves. I deliberately yeah. kill Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, one, it's less for me to have to, like, worry about. And Mm -hmm. two, just so, I mean, I take off Peter Pan's special abilities anyway, but, like, Peter Pan can, like, on the off chance that he might attack the uh, Phantom during its white phase, like, he may only get off, like, two hits before it switches. So just, we don't need that extra factor to worry about. So Peter Pan, hit the bench. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That that's a little bit too nerve wracking for me personally. Mm. I'm like, I'm a man down, you kidding me? Uh no, I go for it. Yeah, stock up on ethers and elixirs and you wanna give your ethers to Goofy, not you, because 
for every one of your MP, that's three of his. Or every one of his MPs are three of yours, so... Correct, yes. So, you know, an ether with three, that gives back three MP. Like, that's ultimately six, or that'll give you nine MP back, <laughs> as opposed to mm-hmm. one or three or math. Or math corner's done. We're not mathing anymore. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, give him give him to Goofy so when Goofy gets low, because there's no way to recover MP in this fight, except by taking damage. So yeah. I guess if you had MP Rage, just in case you get swiped with a Phantom Claw, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but there's you're not gonna have a reliable you're not gonna have a reliable uh, do or take damage for a little bit of MP restoration. It's mostly gonna come from you and you know and, and Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, basically his MP has more mileage than yours, so you want to restore his. Basically, yeah. But yeah, the strategy is stop the clock immediately. And the Phantom has just two attacks? Yeah, so he has his swipey swipe, which hits really effing hard. So stay on the move. You can can avoid it pretty easily if you just fly away from him. Swim away! Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then his other move, which is more dangerous, but easily dodged, is his, I don't know... Soul Seeker. I just, I just have the names up too. Ah, he sends out this like energy blast, and then if it hits you, it's probably game over because it just keeps hitting you indefinitely. I think it'll stop eventually, but it'll probably be enough. Just five ticks, just five ticks of like damage to you, or like you know five instances of damage. Yeah, Uh, energy drain shots. Okay, so yeah. He got, he's got, uh, oh, Grandma, what big hands you have. They're for slashing you, dear. Mm-hmm. So those will really mess you up, so be careful. I mean, I feel like for the Phantom, you always want to be at medium length away from him, like outside of a Phantom swipe. And also, if oh, like, an energy shot goes out, you have a chance to, like, you know, it's a, it's another flying fight, just like Chernobog. So you're, you got to pull some sick midair skills to get out of the way. Yeah. The way you can tell he's about to use his energy shot is he'll just he'll deliberately fly back to the clock face and then do his little witch doctor arm movements, so it's very telegraphed. Mm. And all you have to do is just go to any of the other clock faces and it'll it'll just um run into the wall of the clock because it'll mm-hmm. just go that's directly a, for you. Yeah, that's a best strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm. As soon as he heads back to the clock tower, just immediately beeline to the clock because it's like heat seeking basically and yeah that that's really it <laughs> just stay calm stay calm heal goofy basically <laughs> it's a long fight because you can only attack him at certain points and you can do very little damage at once eventually you'll get there and yeah you get your final stop ga very appropriately for the clock tower fight mm-hmm. so yeah it's not my favorite, but I always really love this fight just because it's so different and it requires a lot of strategy and thinking. Yeah. All right. So now that that goober's slain, where should we head to next? Well, I, I would as well. We mentioned Agrabah and also there's more than one in Olympus Coliseum. So okay, yeah. let's work our way down to Agrabah. Let's do it. Uh, to meet a man about a dog. <laughs> so similar to Tinkerbell. Carpet is freaking out. Ah, what's that, boy? Aladdin's stuck in the well? Let's go! <laughs> so yeah, you'll want to take him, but fortunately, or unfortunately, or whatever, uh, you don't need Aladdin in your party to interpret. You can just go with Donald and Goofy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I really love the cutscene that plays um, right before this boss fight, where you're just flying along, and then... Pff, 
sand tornado, giant mechanical heartless spinning around. <laughs> and I love like Sora's react face where he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then they fall in the sand and then <laughs> surprise boss fight jumps. Yep. So what is what is the name of this this big boy? Kurt Z- Here's where our controversy pops up. I say Kurt Ziza. Oh yeah, me too. Okay. Do other people say? It could be. Like, I think Ziza is like the other. It's mm. a very Rayquaza versus Rayquaza moment. Oh, for sure. So, do you know where this name comes from? It is a dude, and there was a contest before the North American release of KH. I don't know what type of, mar- like a giveaway or contest it was though. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what you actually do, but yeah, basically he won the contest and the prize was get your name in the game, kid. And (laughs) I have to wonder, like, so which came first, the contest or the heartless? Because, like, what if the winner was, like, John Huckleby? (laughs) (laughs) This would have been John Huckleby. (laughs) Because, like, Kurt Ziza, like, that... That kind of sounds like exotic and like, ooh, like some sort of Egyptian god, like especially the Ziza. Mm-hmm. But like, did they like have that placeholder there for the name of this boss? Or like, if it was like a different, if a different name, would it be like, I don't know, like a sign in like the the ducks item shop, like here's to our favorite customer, uh, Susie Carmichael. I don't know. Okay, so as I <laughs> as I dig a little deeper, it makes there's a little bit more sense to it now. Mm-hmm. So, Kurt was Kurt. Without saying Ziza, it sounds just like, hey, Kurt. Um, yep. But uh, Kurt is only in the North American and PAL regions of the game. And then when Final, Final Mix came out in Japan is when they were like, oh, yeah, we got to make this for our, our homeland audience. Basically. Yeah, so funnily enough, uh, the American version was the one with the extra content originally for Kingdom Hearts 1. Because usually <laughs> Japan gets all the nice goodies. But yeah, they had they had some extra bits in the original North American release. Which is very nice. Woo! So yeah, we get Kurt Ziza. Again, cool name. Very fitting. But yeah, I love the design of this guy. He, like I kind of alluded to earlier, he looks like some sort of like ancient god creature. With like his forearms. He's got the cobra head, which is a nice way to reference the Jafar Cobra, even though he's actually in the game. He's got like the like shaman outfit kind of going on. And yeah, he's got them big old swords, which uh, they're not just for cutting up sushi. Nope, they are... uh... Well, I guess, yeah, because Agrabah is, like, Middle Eastern a culture. It's like a... I couldn't even tell you the name of it. The closest thing is, like, probably close to a scimitar. But... Yeah. He almost looks like he could have been, like, you know, if if there, if Agrabah had a god. Yeah, some totally. Sort of devious snake god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, this looks like this could have been the big, the big bad in place of Jafar. Jafar was just the pawn. Kurt. Yeah. He's the real final boss of the Aladdin movie, of course. Mm-hmm. The strategy of this fight, slash the gimmick, is you'll alternate between physical and magic attacks. So it starts off with, I guess, stealing your MP, basically. So you can't use any spells. So, pro tip, uh, pop off an arrow, or like a Tinkerbell summon, or something uh, right before, because you do have like a small window where you can use magic. Mm-hmm. I usually pop off, pop off Tink. Yeah, and then after that, just attack, and yeah, definitely stock up on, like, I would probably say elixirs at this point, because again, what are you going to use them on now that you're this far? Exactly. Definitely want reliable healing in your items, because you can't use cure for most of the fight. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, during his physical phase, his attacks are pretty predictable. But again, like all these bosses, they just hit really hard, so... Yeah, they're more generic, I would say, um, compared to what, what, like, what we're thinking of when it comes to, like, a big boss attack. Yeah, so he's got his close in on you and, like, X-swipe, which is pretty avoidable. Like, he'll only do that when he's, like, mid-distance from you, so... You can see him coming at you, basically, and then just dodge out of the way. And then he's got his uh, spinny, spinny, um, I don't know, rotate around sickle attack, (laughs) which is deceptively long. So he'll, like, go, like, 90 degrees one way, then 180, and then 180 again, and then, like, pop off, like, a little little extra 90, just in case he didn't hit you the first three times. Exactly, yeah. Once he's, like, standing in place, that's when you go in and attack, and that's usually when he'll pop off the, the spinny blade move. And I find that just don't get too greedy, because if you get too close, he'll usually get you with that last parting shot if you're not careful. Yep. But yeah, just whittle away at his little barrier attack, and eventually you'll get him. I tell you, the physical phase is easier, at least during the first half of the fight, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then knock him out, and then he just, Help, I fallen and I can't get up! <laughs> He's got a defenseless uh, state. Is this always after This is always after beating up... Uh, is after the physical stage, right? It's always after uh, you get rid of his magic orbies? Yeah, it's after either phase, once you whittle down all of his health. Okay, yeah, I forgot if it happens after reflect the reflect barrier stage. In either stage, like after you take down his shield... Like, he'll enter this helpless state, although he's not quite ah. helpless, because he can still extendo his cobra neck and chompy-chompy at you. Very rock titan of him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just like the, like, mechanical design of him, too. Like, he's, like, this weird golem automaton. Very cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you... At this point, the magic curse is broken, so you can slap on all the magic you want, and arrow will help here for sure to, like, mitigate any damage from the snakehead but you shouldn't get hit by it too much but um yeah pop off as much damage as you can because before long he'll get back up and then it's time for phase two which is the um the physical ceiling phase i guess you could say where yeah now he has his magic barrier and you can attack it to get mp orbs so that's a decent way to replenish your yep. magic anyway. But yeah, you want to cast a lot of magic at it. He will fight back with some sand tor- tornadoes. And then I think it's later. He'll like pop off these like fireballs in the air, which can be tricky. But then he'll send out these like little sand worm mines <laughs> uh, that'll pop up out of the ground. And those can those can be pretty dangerous if you're, if you're not careful. Are they? I know the like the, fer- the Faraga mines mm-hmm. are a thing. I think I remember the other ones. Yeah, he'll like, I guess it's like the Fireaga Mines, but he sends them under the sand and then they kind of track you and they'll like follow you. Uh. And then they like leap out of the sand and like there's a lot of them at once. So those can be hard to dodge if you're not careful. So those are usually what end up getting me during this phase. Mm -hmm. Again, you have magic. So cure all you want, air all you want, summon all you want. Yep. Use it while you got it. Exactly. And I found that gravity was the most effective spell for taking down his magic barrier. The boss you can use gravity against. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, knock him down, and then he'll also uh, enter the helpless state again. But then, probably at this point, he'll be in his second phase, where his attacks are powered up. So, we're back to physical, and now is when he has his Beylid attack, which, for gotcha. me, is his deadliest move by far. Yep. 
So he'll do the spinny spinny in air and fly at you, and he'll alternate between horizontal spins and vertical spins. The vertical spins aren't too bad because you can just dodge roll to the side, which is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The horizontal spins are much trickier. That definitely got me, like, probably five times. <laughs> but apparently the strategy is to just jump over and glide over it. What? Is that is that how you fared against this phase? I just dodge roll and pick a god and pray. <laughs> like a real gamer. I found that dodge roll wasn't reliable for the horizontal spin anyway. Kept getting me. I feel like, um, well, in a boss fight that we'll talk about next week, a very, a very similar attack. I would use just dodge roll. Eat. So for the for the vertical one, dodge roll to the side. You're fine. For those for and not as efficient, or I guess not as good. But for the horizontal ones, I would dodge roll into Kurt. So hopefully, because we're literally, I'm going one way, he's going the other way. By the time I'm, by the time my iframes are over, he's hopefully past me already. Mm. Yeah, it's very precise timing. Yeah. It's very much wait until the last second and then mm-hmm. roll into him to try to okay. to try to get around it. I say try because it will not work every single time. Gotcha. But yeah, other than that same strategy. So we we didn't mention it yet, but yeah, he has these like orbs in his hand during the physical fight. Um, you want to go mm-hmm. after those, and th- thankfully, once you take them out, they drop a lot of HP orbs. So that's a nice way to mm-hmm. top off your health. Yes. But yeah, just be careful. Keep attacking him. You'll get him down. It is very annoying because I feel like during the second phase, he recovers from the stun state much quicker. So you don't get as much damage off on him. Mm -hmm. That I don't appreciate. But yeah, just like I said, I think the spinny Beyblade move is probably his deadliest attack. Yep. But once you got that down, he can't do too much to you. Eventually, you will conquer him. And Mm -hmm. I think all you get from him is an Ansem's report, correct? Yes, Kurt is just an Ansem report. Oh, no, no, no. In Final Mix, there's a little a little something else we get, which, it, it's horror. It's, a, it's interesting, at least. We get uh, an ability in the form of Zandetsuken. I don't even think I've seen this finisher in this playthrough, <laughs> just because I have all the other shiny mm, finishers. I, so. I got... Because I chose shield, like I got some of the finishers. I got bl- didn't get blitz for a very long time. I think I got it literally in End of World, maybe. So I don't really have too many combi fi- combo finishers. I didn't get gravity break until we went back to Olympus and kind of ran through the trials. Uh, stun impact was one I got. I think stun and mini one I just can't think of. One of the only two finishers I had for a very long time, and then I got. Finishes galore towards the end of the game, but uh, Zantetsuken is a Final Fantasy reference. All for you, for you, you little little weebies out there. Uh, it's like it's Odin's like signature move, and it I do like it for this. If an enemy, there's like a chance to just delete the rest of an enemy with the finisher. <laughs> so yeah, why don't we take a pixie over to the Colosseum? So we have our our gold match against the Ice Titan. You're as cold as ice. <laughs> so similar to Chernabog. Yeah, I just like how they managed to work in a Disney boss as some, you know, in-game challenge, which is very cool. Uh, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, Ice Titan, pretty decent fight. So this one is all about... 
I mean, well, you should love it. It's about guarding and reflecting and getting them sweet, sweet techies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guard is central for this fight. Because, <laughs> yeah, you just want to keep reflecting its little mm, bullet icicles back at it. Me, basically, yeah. Do not, for the love of God, equip any sort of arrow. <laughs> That will enhance its magic. I guess the, the, the wind in the atmosphere is interacting with the ice to make it more powerful. So that's just going to make it much, much worse for you. Like all of its attacks will be powered up if you have arrow. <laughs> he says, I got Trixies too, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do like the fact that we, like, at, at this point, we're so used to like, haha, I don't want to take damage. Arrow, please. And the game's yeah. like, but what if that was... <laughs> Well, that's just against my strategy. So I do appreciate that it's like, a, ooh, you pick a lane right now. Yeah, I love how almost all of these endgame bosses, like, they make you change your strategy very drastically. As opposed to, like, some of the later Kingdom Hearts where they still definitely require their own approaches, but it's still, at the end of the day, fight, 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 hit, 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 smack it with Keyblade. <laughs> so yeah, just more good boss design from OGKH, but... Yeah, block his icicles and then just stay on the move because pretty much every single thing he does will trigger some sort of attack. (laughs) So there's like the giant hail snowballs like raining from the sky. Those are easy if you just keep running. But then eventually later in the fight, those will trigger after most attacks. So again, just stay moving. He's got his big icicle deep freeze, which will freeze like half of the Coliseum. Definitely want to pick them off from the, from the like raised aisles, the stairs, oh, I guess yeah, you could say. Yeah. You jump in the stands for this fight. Yeah, because if you're in the pits, he's going to stop you with his feetsies and freeze you. So that's a bad time. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, just keep finding chances to block the ice cools, but like don't get too greedy because like you can't block all of them. So if you block yep. at the wrong time, You'll end up getting hit by them, and then that could cause, like, an avalanche eh? of other attacks just kind of hitting you, and you get kind of stunlocked. So, yeah, just keep blocking. You do, every now and then, get a chance to go in and get some physical hits on him, because he'll kind of collapse. But those, you can get, like, three hits off before he stands back up, and then he has this little little temper tantrum where he just sends out 10,000 icicles. <laughs> Yeah, it's always after that. I've been stunned, phase. Yes, exactly. You have any other tips for this fight, or any particularly annoying moves? I think we you you mentioned that don't get greedy. So you know, recognize what the ice school bullets look like because there are some where most of them like a straight line you can block. There's some that shoot a lot from different angles, but like there'll be a part of the wave that like yeah. You know, the start or the end, you want to be like, okay, now I want to try and block the rest. Or just, you know, if you want to be safe, you can avoid them altogether. Don't try, don't try to chance it. Yes. Uh, a move that uh, we recently got that we didn't talk about, we should mention, is after Chernobog, you get Super, super Glide. And I think Super Glide is, for this for this and the other, and the other Olympus Coliseum Super Boss are going to be pivotal. So... When he goes into yeah. a, a raging fury, I think Super Glide gets you out of there. His big frost breath move is a big old no-no. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'm not thinking of frost breath. Uh, I'm thinking of 
I think the move is literally called Diamond Dust when he like puts yeah. his hands out and freezes like everything. A significant portion, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, once you eventually take him out, get a very satisfying cutscene where he's he's preparing for the final attack. He's gonna get you. Ah, it's his ultimate form, and then oh, camera zoom out. He's a teeny tiny popsicle stick. Yep. <laughs> he melted, and then Sora's like, "Say hello to these size sixteens." <laughs> <laughs> Smashing with the Tims. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's like, a, I don't know, I guess I'd describe it as like a little Tom and Jerry cartoon of the. Mm-hmm. Ring, ring, like, ring, where he like scuttles off. <laughs> yeah, he scuttles back towards the back gate. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, another another fun fight. Um, actually, because it's a Coliseum fight, um, when I was younger, I would, I would redo this fight a few times because it was fun, but also, yeah, you get a lot of tech points, so it was a nice way to grind. Mm hmm. So, yeah, in Final Mix, you get a nice little reward for this fight, which is the aptly named Diamond Dust Keyblade. Yes. Which is... Mm. As as Resident Magic Boy, this is, uh, yes. this is... This is an absolute win. So I think this is the, this is the only Keyblade in uh, Final Mix 1 that gives you plus 3 to MP. Mm-hmm. This one gives you yeah, three, count them, three extra MP, which is huge. Yeah, the max MP you can get in King H1 is with is 19, and that's with the Diamond Dust Keyblade. So that's what I was rocking for a good portion of this in-game section. Mm-hmm. So it gives you three MP, but it reduces your strength to three. So very much you're going to be using magic with this Keyblade, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's three the Three is the lowest. Three is a base kingdom. Yeah, that's kingdom key. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's cool that one of the like in-game keyblades. Like, it's not just another. Here's a stronger keyblade. Like, again, what I like about the magic keyblades is here's a different type of keyblade. Mm -hmm. Love it for that fact. But also, it's an ice keyblade. So I just always like like ice elementals and ice Pokemon types and just like ice powers. Like that's my favorite element. Well, not yeah. not my favorite favorites, but I do like it <laughs> quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I just like that there's an ice keyblade, and I think it does a pretty good job of looking icy and like kind of dangerous. It's like got some little spikes action going on, and it's also like asymmetrical. Like it's not a straight blade, so I always like it when a keyblade has that effect. Mm-hmm. It does lose points for reusing the teeth as the keychain. It's just a snowflake. So yeah, maybe like they could have done like the the Ice Titan's head as the keychain. Ooh, yeah, that would have been good. Or like on some sort of Shiva reference. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah so that part's kind of lame, especially because like weirdly there's like little hints of yellow in the snowflake, which is like well that's that's not icy. So don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but yeah, overall, definitely one of my favorite Keyblades and. It's got a really awesome hit effect where once you when you swipe it like leaves a trail of ice behind. Good stuff. So Yeah. A very, very nice reward. And mm-hmm. I always do Ice Titan first so that I have the extra three MP well one MP because I would be using a two MP keyblade before this. But that <laughs> yeah. that extra MP does come come in handy for um the Phantom Fight. So that's my order. I used actually used as I think about it, I used Lionheart for Phantom as like a, uh-huh. let's try this out. Because it is a mix of magic and then physical. 
It was between that and Oathkeeper. I wanted to use one of the plus ones, at least. And, you know, gotcha. I ended up being not too bad. So. Nice. Alrighty. Now that we've got all icy out of the way, it's time for the it's other... time! Either ultimate Olympus match, so... <laughs> yeah, it's the Platinum match. This is Sephiroth, the bane of many adolescents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, similar to Chernabog, the first time I encountered this fight... I had no idea who this was. I didn't even know it was a Final Fantasy character. I was like, what <gasps> is this? He, like, descends from, like, some, like, Ouija board in the sky, and there's, like, this, like, giant nuclear ray. Like, what's happening here? So, the game is mostly Final Fantasy VII references. So, to make yeah. Sephiroth one of the, who is the big bad of Seven, just just, mm-hmm. just in case, just in case there's somebody who doesn't know that, um, to make him a super boss, I think, the fact that he's a super boss kind of makes sense. It, I mean, we have seven bias because seven was probably the best, or at least the most popular game. Uh, oh, for sure. Especially during, especially during this era. This is early two thousands, late nineties. It's probably when yep. this went to development. So, yeah, it's uh, as it's the tip of the hat. And it's what I guess really what people probably wanted. So, uh, give us Sephiroth, uh, but make him the biggest pain in the ass you ever did see. <laughs> I think it also plays into cla- very clouds. I mean, doesn't have much of an arc in this game. I mean, doesn't have much of an arc in any of the Kingdom Hearts games. But as a representative of like, I'm looking for my lights. I do not want to submit to the darkness anymore. Right. Makes sense to bring the darkness of Cloud with us over. So yeah, he's well. He was the hardest boss in the game. I, I don't know. You can make the argument for him still being the hardest for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many people's first experience was probably just him instantly swiping and killing you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, he he hit hard. Um, so I would recommend stacking defense equipment for this fight for sure. Um, just so you like stand a chance. Like you're you're really only going to be able to take two or maybe three hits at any given time. But like, yeah, he could take you out in one hit if you're not equipped properly. So you want to yeah. be able to stand that first hit. So yeah, his first phase, he's got his basic swipe. My basic, I mean the one that, you know, covers like half of the arena. <laughs> because Masamune is uh, three miles long. Mm-hmm. And then he's got jumping around slash teleporting and then the three flame pillars attack, which mm, that'll get you if you're not careful. Yes, Faraga Wall is, I wouldn't say it's a, eh. It, it's definitely ended some runs early just because, oh, I'm trapped in it and I'm going to guaranteed get like hit at least once more. Especially if, yeah. you, if, it, if you have second chance, it takes you down to your one hit. You're like, uh, this is it for me, fam. So I guess if that does give you a lot of trouble, maybe putting on some fire equipment could help. True. But yeah, so for this first phase-ish, I find I always try to like get to where I think he's going to teleport because you can kind of tell. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but, like, <laughs> you can kind of... Well, one, you can kind of, like, lock on to where he's about to teleport in a weird way. It's, like, he kind of, like, is invisible for just a brief second before he appears. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of... Because he usually teleports kind of, like, right in front of where he was previously. So, yeah, catch him on the teleports, but also catch him on his landing. So when he jumps around, hit him where he's going to land. That's another spot where he's kind of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's leading this dance of the blades, not you. So make sure to follow. Yep. And I guess we should also mention he is one of two boss fights 
where oh, yes. his, his health is just bigger than the game, the game can display. And the game can't even track it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, like that's another thing. Like When you first fight him, you're probably going to think, well, I'm not doing any damage. Like, am I, Should I be hitting him with magic? Is there like some sort of strategy? Like, What is this? Yeah. So, it's I forgot that I forgot that Hades is the other the other one. Yeah, oddly enough, <laughs> we've come full circle. But I guess for some, I'm not sure if it's a it's really a hard at the time was a hardware limitation, or they just didn't think of it. But yeah, that's the, weird. The, the HP bar can show one, two, five, five different full gauges, and each gauge is three hundred health. Maybe it's part of the intimidation, actually. Like maybe they deliberately made it so that. He has an invisible bar just to like freak you out because <laughs> then like the the stealth sneak they also have an invisible bar sort of but they only go up to yellow yellow mm-hmm. but you have to get in a few hits before that so like they for that enemy anyways they do use the invisible bar invisible bar intentionally so mm-hmm. i i mean I, it can't be too hard right to program like a blue bar <laughs> Yeah, like something else. Yeah, so I think they want it to be like, oh, you're not hurting him. Striking fear into the hearts. Ay, ay. So, yeah, second phase. Is that when he pops off the meteors? I want to say probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. So, yeah, for phase one, it's mostly just he's going to slash at you a bunch. So be careful. Arrow, you're not going to be using much magic, so... Your cures and your arrows are going to be... Oh, yeah. Cure and arrow here. should be on your shortcuts for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He has his meteor move, which is kind of like his DM, sort of, but not quite. Which is... Summons a bunch of meteors, and then they spin around him. And this one's... It's not too bad. You can easily avoid the meteors with some dodging. But then he has the, like, final hit where he just, like, throws all of them at the ground at once, basically. And it's, like, kind of a mm-hmm. screen nuke attack. But... I think it has a range. Like, I think if you're at the edge of the arena, like, it won't hurt you. Or at least... Wow. <laughs> that's how I cheese it. <laughs> okay. My default is to either go into Strike Raid or go into a Cure. Again, because we have Final Mix, we have Leaf Bracer. Just to yep. be like, I would like to be invincible. Nah. Gotcha. So, yeah, once that attack is wrapped, then he starts glowing menacingly. And this is when the fight gets way annoying because <laughs> he mm-hmm. summons his little orbies around maybe yeah. we're like kind of skipping a phase but whatever <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like this is phase three i think phase two is not too much different the only thing that changes is the most annoying thing and that is descend heartless angel yes okay I, w- I was thinking maybe phase two is just yes that move yes so mm-hmm. So I say Sin Harvest. <laughs> wow. As someone who didn't have the strategy guide, you say Sin Harvest? Because that's clearly what he says. <laughs> he says to send Heartless Angel! He absolutely doesn't. And isn't I can't, believe, fact... I can't believe we're, this is the last episode we're going to ever record. Um, and in 7, I want to say... Because Sephiroth has multiple phases at the end of that game, obviously. I remember it mostly from Safer Sephiroth, who is the, the final, final, final fight in seven because heartless angel is literally just like a little cherub appears on screen kisses you and it it does exactly what it does in kh it sets you to one remaining health well so here's the thing if you're one the attack itself uh you should you need to yes because it's going to send you to no magic and one remaining health so 
There are, or there, are, there are two defensive strategies. That is, hit him, hit him now. Uh, hit him out of the attack, please, if you're close. And also super glide. If you're too far away, the, the strategy is to, like, prep an, prep an item to pop as soon as Well, you can also use Strike off. Raid, which is what I Does Strike do. Raid basically say you don't get to touch me? Well, no, you, you hit him with Strike Raid to cancel him out of it. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, I did that once in this, yeah. in this playthrough. I'm just yeeting a keyblade, and I'm like, I th- it might have, he might have been close to death, and I was just like, I'm not f- far away, I'm like too far away to super glide in, and I have enough MP to strike raid, and I hope it's got the range in. Yeah, I would say, if you're close range, just whack with the keyblade, if you're mid-range, strike raid, if you're far range, and you know there's no hope, yeah, get, get that elixir ready. <laughs> Yeah, you should only have mm-hmm. elixirs in this fight. Just stock up on them, because, yeah, if you get hit to Sin Harvest, you are eh. So, yeah, he's got that attack. Just be vigilant for it, because it is very telegraphed, and it takes a minute for it to pop off. But that's his worst attack for sure, if you're not prepared for it. But, yeah, other than that, then Phase 2, I think he, like, teleports more often, and, and he starts running. That's what Phase 2 is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll do, he has, like, his, uh... Yeah, his, like, rush attack. Yeah. Where he, like, because he mostly teleports everywhere, and he'll, like, he'll do his swings, and he'll do his swings, and he does a little jump back, but now he's literally almost, like, hand on the sword, like, I'm gonna Naruto run everywhere. Yeah. Does he start doing the, uh, dodge this tornado attack? Uh, I think so. In phase two? Okay, yeah. Dodge this! Yeah, that one, that one can hurt you, because you can't really block it or counter it or anything, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that, that's definitely a phase two move. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just respect his space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in phase two, he's got the meter pop off, but then he'll start popping his little orbies, which to this day, I, I don't really know how to deal with those besides just sprinting and super gliding away, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna, he's just much more aggro during this phase, so... Just keep looking for opportunities to get them, and then just keep healing, and just don't panic. Don't panic. Whatever you do, don't panic. Or do panic. Use a panic to your advantage. But uh, but yeah, the Shadow Flare orbs are incredibly annoying. It's just funny, because, of course, like, Supernova, or Meteor, whatever you prefer to call it, is, like, the big move. And so, before I, like, looked at a guide right before I did it, and just be like, let me refresh myself on Sephiroth. And it's like, Supernova, you better watch out. You better be careful. It's going to get you. And I'm like, this is manageable to a degree. The last hit is like the only thing that I is like threatening. Mm-hmm. The meteors you can dodge roll in and out of. So I wasn't too as scared of that. Yeah. But yeah. And also, uh, <laughs> I had a, ro- a rogue, obviously. So I had a rogue on and I just tanked the final hit. And I think I took... A little bit. I wouldn't say a little bit of health, but I got like a medium chunk taken out of my health. It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden I'm on, I'm on death's door. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think for me, the way I got to the final phase is when he does the dodge this attack, you kind of want to like dodge roll behind him. <laughs> In fact, I will dodge this. And then like he has some like in lag to it. So like when he lands, then you can kind of get some hits off on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Just, again, just keep attacking him when the opportunity presents itself. Don't rush it. Don't get cocky, kid. Mm -hmm. I will also say I'm curious to where you are in the game, because I think I was early 70s when I took him on. Um, I don't remember. I was 90 for, like, the final 
optional boss, so I imagine I wasn't too mm-hmm. far ahead with Sephiroth, so like probably between 85 and 90. Dang. Yeah, I was definitely over-leveled, so he wasn't too much trouble. Like, I got him on the first try, which was really surprising. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was with a lot of equipment boosting, or defensive boosting equipment, because okay. magic is not going to help you here. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I think aside from that, his only other attack is the Omnislash, which... Yeah, strike raid, pretty much. <laughs> like, you can block it and dodge it, but, like, only if you're, like, a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. this fr- you, you benefit from having strike raid on during this fight, so just uh, put strike raid on. Yeah, strike raid and nothing else, because you don't want the other ones to to prompt in its place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you literally don't have control. It's just like, hey, you got enough magic? Here's uh, here's five of the limits. Mm. Try to press triangle at the right moment, please. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a good time. Yeah, Strike Rage is the best. It's got the longest invulnerability, I think, is the, the main benefit. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, for example, I got caught in Faraka Wall more times than I want to admit. But if you're like, I don't want to take this chance and I have enough magic, you can just start your Strike Rage after the, the yeah. first hit. So that you just sit there and go, and you literally, you do damage to him. So yep, it's a golden opportunity. Exactly. So, yeah, eventually you will conquer him through sheer force of will, and then, ha ha ha, you win, but once you exit, you'll get that sweet, sweet anime cutscene, baby! Clap, yep. V. Sephiroth, who will win? Boy, oh boy, look at these text boxes! Yeah, so it's a Final Mix exclusive cutscene, so again, mm-hmm. no voice dialogue, but they do have a very highly choreographed flying fight, which is pretty neat, I guess, but it does beg the question, uh... Where did they end up going afterwards? <laughs> like, how how is this resolved? With violence. Just more violence. Uh, you also get the one-winged angel keyblade. Thank you, Final Mix. Yeah, so next to Diamond Dust, that's one of two uh, Final Mix exclusive keyblades, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really a fan of this one, to be honest. It's, it's, uh, I mean, we talked about the balance of Divine Rose just putting everything to shame. I think this is just another too like like a little too late unfortunately so yeah it's gimmick is isn't it it's not like three strength but it's pretty low strength right like compared to all the others it has eight yeah yeah so the properties are eight strength and minus two mp yep so already as i say those words uh, kevin starts sweating Mm -hmm. but it's crit rates is it it's crit rate or it's crit multiplier or both that are super high the crit multiplier is insanely high. It's apparently like the description is I uh, for some reason yep. walked away from the stat screen, sorry. So the crit ray is actually halved, so what? God why? I mean I guess if the crit is halved, like because your crit multiplier is insanely high, I guess that makes sense, but I I imagine it doesn't feel as good. But yes, the description is has little power, despite having eight power. Uh but sometimes deals extremely powerful critical blows. So I imagine if a crit is usually 2x, it might be. It doesn't give me an actual description, but I think it's 3 or 4x for these crits. So if you defeated Sephiroth, the ultimate boss, who cares if your crit rate is normal? <laughs> who else are you going to use this Keyblade on then? Where, like, it would be quote unquote unbalanced. Like, you can already take out the final yeah. boss. <laughs> it's not a really good reward if it's like, okay, well, every now and then you can kind of get a really big critical hit off against. Norma Hottis, I guess. Uh. Exactly. I feel like this, I don't think getting one winged angel earlier would be good, but if you put this ability yeah. on like a different 
optional keyblade like a metal chocobo yeah like this should have just been flat out the strongest keyblade i guess and then ultima should have been like the balanced one right because ultima is two Mm -hmm. mp and then i think i think ultima is the strongest keyblade so like diamond dust outclasses Mm. it with magic so this one being the diamond dust brother should have outclassed it in strength, and then Ultima could have been the little the go between. So mm-hmm. I feel like in yeah, in H one and in Final Mix, I know Ultimate strength changes, but in either game it's always the strongest strength wise. Yeah, Keyblade. Totally. Yeah, I guess it's the Ultima part of Ultima, but yeah, I don't <gasps> use One Winged Angel because I just don't think the stats are great. Design. Okay, so it's like a samurai sword. And it's long, so it's like Masamune, which is, is fine. But then, like, the teeth is just literally a meteor, which kind of looks dumb to me. <laughs> I didn't care for that. I do like the keychain is like a string. That's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. And then... It's a cord as opposed to... I think everything else is really a key, like, you know, keychain, Yeah, like right? chain links, yeah. Except for uh, the vine mm-hmm. on Jungle King. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the key charm is... A one-winged angel, so that's cool. Gasp. I'll do there. <laughs> and then, yeah, similar to Diamond Dust, when you it's like hit effect, it leaves like a a fiery streak, trail of fire. Yeah, because mm. fire makes everything awesome. So apparently, yeah, pretty neat, but not for me. So yeah, we're we're going a little bit over for this episode. So I think we should save unknown for either next episode or the episode after that when we get into some post-game shenanigans, which kind of makes sense because it's the final next boss. So maybe it should be the final yeah, thing we I'll, talk about. I think so. Yeah. Next week, episode eighteen is the grand finale, so to speak, where we will cover everything from first Ansem boss fights to the the final post credits end screen with your stats mm, it's gonna be good it's gonna be good everyone so <laughs> yeah keep an eye out or keep an ear out i guess i mean that's almost it we're pretty much covered everything up until this point so it's been a long ride but it's it's been a good time it's about to end mm-hmm. so yeah thanks so much for listening everybody Hope you showed those super bosses what's what and got all the shiny goodies. This has been Kingdom Hearts by Hearts, and I've been Kevin. I'm sometimes Marshall. Alrighty, we'll see you next week. To the gummy ship, hand away! Dodge this! And then Sephiroth comes in and slashes the gummy ship in two with his giant sword. (laughs) Donald's going, Shara, he's back! We didn't finish him! Oh god, what have we done? (laughs) So that's where he went at the end of that (laughs) cutscene. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.